the first word to come up would usually be a Chinese word. And then I'd be like, oh, it's that thing. I know it in Chinese, but I totally forgot what it is in English. And I used to say that a lot. But now my brains are my brains, my Chinese and English brain are are working more in, in unison now. Welcome to the Geopaths podcast, where we aim to scratch your cultural curiosity itch by interviewing many people globally about different niche topics like books, languages, using the internet in different places, and our new shows of coffee and of podcasting. This month for Pod Pomo International Podcast Posting Month, we're focusing on Mandarin Chinese language and languages in general to an extent for 30 days in a row. Yes, we are posting, just like many other podcasters in Napat Pomo, 30 days of publications. And this is episode 17 of those 30 days. So we're almost there. So in the past two days, you've heard from Ryan, an American expat living in Shanghai, China for quite a while about his language learning journey. Today, he's going to tell us more about his reading and writing aspects of learning and using Mandarin Chinese, as well as his future plans for the language as well, because what we know from hearing past guests on the language show at the Gia Pets podcast, it's that when you start understanding the long, long road of learning and using Mandarin Chinese, you understand that it's a lifelong commitment. It's a partnership of communication that never, ever ends. Let's hear from Ryan. Because mostly we've been talking about speaking so far. Do you read in Chinese? I used to read every day when I was trying to do the Chinese newspaper. And my writing is exclusively on a keyboard yeah. or a uh, you know computer is on my phone. It's all pinion. I can no longer write calligraphy. It looks like a, a four-year-old <laughs> has written. I just don't have the motor skills right. to draw the proper dian uh, and hang yeah. and all that stuff. I, I can't do yeah. That clean, so it looks like a four-year-old, and I. But I can type as almost as fast as I can do in English sure. in Chinese because it's just pinyin. It's it's the uh, you know romanization, and that is useful. That is incredibly useful to be yeah. able to do. See, I have to ask you a question mm-hmm. about newspapers. How difficult was it for you to read newspapers? Uh, everything was difficult, so it was pretty average in terms of difficult. <laughs> Did you find it much more difficult or formal than other things you were reading? Um, so I found a, a workaround. I used um, Yahoo, yeah. which has a good uh, Chinese newspapers. And then I had a add-on that if I didn't know a word, I could hover over it, add it to my cards, and then move on. Your cards, your flashcards. My flashcards, yeah. What were you using? What program? Uh, I was using something that was a Japanese company. I can't really remember the name. but And, and in any language, it really does help. My suggestion is read something that you wouldn't normally read. Right. So I read the military section of the newspaper, and that was everything was new. Yeah. Everything, you know, what's a warship? Then all of a sudden you pick up the language, the same stuff over. You realize because if you jump into a newspaper article with a lot of words that you already know, mm-hmm. and then you just feel like it's a normal test. Right. Jump into the science section, the philosophy section, and then all of a sudden everything's new. Right. And then slowly and a lot faster than you expect, all of a sudden you start reading. Oh, I know what that is. Oh, I know what that is. And everything starts to make sense. It sounds like it wasn't so different than other writings that it was. No, it wasn't that bad. It was just it was interesting. I had something to talk to my cab drivers about every day because I read the newspaper or one article. It was about 200 to 350 words. And I would time bound it to only be around 30 minutes of my day. You would read that in 30 minutes and understand it. It, it was time bound. I mean, I would 
force myself to only do 30 minutes. And so it's time bound. So it's like, oh, I didn't finish it this time, but I'm going to get it next time. And so, uh, you know, it's like I got it's some pressure. Very clever. So more about the frequency of doing it. Than, yeah, it's, it's, than it's not anything. about understanding. Yeah. When you're reading a newspaper, it's again, oh, it's not so about hard. understanding. Yeah. It's about frequency. It's about showing up to the game, practicing your swing every day. And that's all that it's about. Read Chinese for 30 minutes every day and then walk away. I fell off of studying, studying, learning, using, thinking about Chinese for like six months after my HSK3. Just my brain fell out. Mm-hmm. Have a new graded reader. The first week I had it, I just listened to chapter one and I was just following along. And every day, even without looking at the, the words, not reviewing the words that I knew from HSK1, 2, and 3, every day something in there made more sense mm-hmm. just from listening and, watch, and watching. I'm very visual. So yeah. for me to see the characters really helps. Watch, watch every, Chinese TV dramas. It's a little fast for me, to be fair. Yeah, 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 I have issues with reading in any language. So even English ones, I have to put kind of big and like pause sometimes and rewind. There, there, there <laughs> is. So, okay, if you like Netflix, mm-hmm. there is a Netflix add-on yeah. that will give you the Chinese and the English subtitles. Together. No, what I'm saying is the speed of language, the speed, yeah, 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 reading in any language is slow for me. Yeah. So I would have to like slow down the speaking. <laughs> but you're picking up other things. So you're not actually sure. trying to get 100 percent accuracy. You're picking up on how people no, call each other. You'll pick up on little things that are more like, you know, ever have a friend that learned their English from the TV show Friends? Yes. Yeah. And the way they speak is just like Ross. You know, there are so many people that learned off of Friends and yes. Big Bang Theory. Big Bang and like Theory. All, yeah. And the way they talk is exactly like, like that TV show. And yeah. you're like, whoa. I so wish I was that person. I yeah. mean, I, it, it's, but it does it's definitely work. in the mix. It it does to a degree. Like I said, I'm I'm ridiculously visual, so for me, I need kind of slower, mm-hmm. very frequent stuff yeah. over and over and over. I feel like I'm getting closer to that. I feel like after a few of these graded readers, I'll be mm-hmm. much closer. Nice. But right now, I'm just like I'm just amazed. Just the first week again, not studying anything, just letting the mm-hmm. the 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 visual of the characters and. Hearing it mm-hmm. has brought back what I knew and it has me figuring out because it's context and it's characters talking to each other. I'm able to work out some of the words that I don't know. Yes. And I'm like, that's that's what I like. I like that very cool. focusing on, on reading and, and there being a reason why the language is being used. Mm-hmm. I see you've already translated for the patient. What's in store for you for the future with Mandarin? Do you have any future language goals? Uh, yeah, I, I would like to you know increase my knowledge of Chinese language. Mm-hmm. I don't consider myself uh, completely fluent. Mm-hmm. I don't consider myself, you know, even where, even near, like 50% near I want, where I want to be for Chinese. Uh, it's more studying. It's getting back to the HSK. Um, there's a lot of things that I lack describing. So if you gave me like a painting and you said, describe this painting in Chinese, yeah. I lack a lot of those terms. I need that. And also, you know, in work and in business in China, um, it's really important to know all the words right. related to that. And so studying and researching those kind of words, those kind of conversations that I'll be getting in gotcha. in my line of work and then more words. Like it's, it's, just, it's just you always need more. It's just it's unbelievable. You yeah. need more context, you need more words and the studying time. Yeah. So I, I, I do it on my phone. I study on my phone um, almost every day. Like speaking wise, do you find that most of your day is in English and Chinese or a, a balance between the two? Uh, mine is right now in English yeah. mostly. I, in the past, I had a 50-50 split. I know lots of people who have 80% Chinese and their Chinese is killer. Like, you know, if you can find a job where you need to speak Chinese, do it. Or just go into a small village and donate your time 
in a place where no one speaks English at all is also a good hack. But working and making a living off of speaking Chinese is is a fantastic way. Have you lost any of your language of your English language when you learned Mandarin? Is there anything that you were like, I used to know this word, this phrase, or how to say this? Yeah, definitely.、Going. The first word to come up would usually be a Chinese word,、mm-hmm. and then I'd be like, Oh, it's that thing. I know it in Chinese, but I totally forgot <laughs> what it is in English. And I used to say that a lot, but now my brains are my brains.、Yeah. My Chinese and English brain are, are working more in, in unison now, but yeah, definitely that happens. I had a previous guest that was asking about Tanya Crossman. She was asking about the the emotional language within a language. She started learning、um, Chinese when she was like twelve or thirteen, and has used it a lot throughout、mm-hmm. her life. And so she's like, she wants to, to hear more about people's like when they learn to be emotional in language, when they learn to express either happiness or sadness、oh, yeah, or any yeah, sort yeah. of emotional struggle. Have you had in whatever you're comfortable sharing? <laughs> oh no! So for me, that was day one. That was me going into the cities,、yeah. and that's what I learned right away. I learned fluency on an emotional level and on a、uh, like you know have to survive level. But talking about language. Uh, well,、With、I would、others. have to say thank you,、yeah. and you know, this is, makes me really happy, sure, sure, sure. and that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. But like、uh, talking emotionally in language in Chinese, I just practice. You know, at this point, I don't think there was outside of really trying to connect and talk to people, because、uh, that's my goal. My goal is to connect. I have to emotionally drive、right. that conversation, and so I, I, I was able to pick that up very early. I kind of crossed that bridge first. And then learn the language. Does English and Chinese feel like different parts of your brain are being worked? I would say in the beginning, yes. Yeah.、Uh, but now it's not because you, when learning a new language, you burn、uh, more calories. The biggest muscle in your body is your brain. Your brain yeah. And so you will, you know, you need to feed it.、Mm-hmm. You're going to burn a lot of calories. Your head's going to hurt. You're going to feel. You can actually get headaches、yeah. from learning.、Mm-hmm. And that's what it felt like. But then once it starts to get into、um, your、uh, type two memory set, and then you're you're pretty much good. Your neurons know what to do after that. Yeah. So then it just feels like the same. Yeah. Any other than、um, just keep going and keep doing things. Do you have any advice to folks who are just starting or at their first big? Do I keep going or do I stop? Decision point with Mandarin Chinese.、Uh, come to China, test it out, <laughs> do it in the field. So if you think you're going to stop or you think you're going to start, just find a reason. Come to China. Go to some place where you. The only thing you can do to survive is talk and speak that language. And I would say this for any language, anything you want to learn,、uh, Hindi. You want to learn French. You know, you want to learn English. Like just go to that place and feel like what it is, because very few people are true polygots that love. The learning of a language, love the science of it, the, the physics of it, the 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 way in which language modifies and grows. Like I don't, that's not me. Yeah. But I found my why. Yeah. And I drove towards it, and my why was bigger than the the things that were were difficult for me. And you and I would have never found that unless I would have came. Do you think people should come when they're an absolute beginner at Chinese, or do you think they should get some basics first and then come? Absolute beginner. Absolute beginner. Yeah, and when you come and you join. Don't join level one.、Yeah. Join level two. Level one is China. Yeah. So if you know you're here and you're like, ah,、oh, I'm just learning Chinese. I'm joining level one. You're wasting your time. Join level two. Join level three. Yeah. Because you're gonna that that because just being in China, everyone says ni hao, how are you,、yeah. and that's level one. Yeah. 
You're going to spend your entire trip here learn, learn, reinforcing something that is already permeating into you. Instead, go for level two. Go for level three. Go, go, go higher. Learn level one anywhere else you go. But in China, your job is to push yourself. That's it. Do you think people can learn the language that way if they're if they come here to work and we're and are learning it on the side? Or yeah, totally. It's okay. much easier. Uh, absolutely, yeah. you can learn. Uh, yeah, it's better to learn China Chinese in China. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then you have a relationship for it. You understand what things are and why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can play with it. Final question: Do you have any special phrases that you really like that exist in Chinese that don't exist in English? Okay, that don't exist in English. Yeah. Or that just sound better or more concise or that you just like in Chinese. So the one thing that uh, I like to say a lot in Chinese, we have the phrase, but we never use it. So in America, if there is a, a sports competition, mm-hmm. you know, sport ball. Mm-hmm. No, if there's a <laughs> football or, yeah. or baseball, you know, we have like a cheer. Yeah. You know, it's like go team, go or hoorah, or, you know, like or something like that. Uh, in China, usually, usually if it's an international one, we know Americans always know what to say USA, USA. Okay, but that doesn't apply. I wouldn't go to my colleague and say USA, USA. Uh, maybe I should. That's a good idea. But uh, what you do in China is you say jiao, which means add oil, which means go get it, go get it, go get it. You know, like go get it. And in China, you just say jiao for everything. It's like have a good day, jiao. You know, <laughs> your team's behind. You want to score, jiao, jiao, jiao. You know, China's going for the Olympics, jiao, jiao. You know, you had a bad day, you need to push through, jiao. Yeah. And it's this idea of pushing through. And I always say jiao, add oil, mm-hmm. and I chant it like to everyone I know because I love the phrase. Yeah. And, and it's just this great, like, optimistic fight for yourself. Keep on pushing through phrase, and you know, jiao. Everybody out there, if you're trying to start learn Chinese and you want to get into it, just no matter what happens, ja yo, ja sum yo.
without the plan, you know you fooled me, girl. To think I'm willing and 